Thomas and Friends Storytime Tall Tales and Machines Starring Thomas, Cranky the Crane and a Giant Beanstalk Based on the Railway Series by the Reverend W. Audrey Created by Britt Allcroft Read by Mark Morahan and Friends This episode is brought to you by Walmart Parents Recreate epic races with Thomas and Carner in the Thomas and Friends Race for the Sodar Cup set. Now available at Walmart and Walmart.com. Set includes Thomas and Carner. Other engines sold separately and subject to availability. And now it's story time. Today's story is about Ruth the Inventor, who came all the way from America to live on the island of Sodor. Ruth has a unique workshop that was once a windmill. Outside the workshop, Ruth made an alarm clock using steam whistles from an old railway engine. When the alarm goes off, it sounds like this. So let's begin our story. The Inventor's Spectacular Bridge One morning, Toby the tram engine was working on his branch line with his faithful coach Henrietta when he reached the rickety old bridge. Ready, Toby? Not really. Oh, come on, Toby. There's nothing to worry about. That bridge has been here forever. That's what I'm afraid of. Toby scrunched his eyes shut and proceeded to cross the rickety old bridge. Toby wobbled and the old bridge creaked But soon he had safely reached the other side You can open your eyes now Phew, that old bridge gives me the heebie-jeebies Well, take it from me, it's as safe as a bridge can be But not long after Toby and Henrietta had chuffed away and were out of sight The bridge started to creak and moan And then suddenly, the whole bridge collapsed and fell into the ravine below. A little while later, Toby and Henrietta returned from the quarry, heading back towards the rickety old bridge. Or so they thought. Ready, Toby? Not really. So once again, Toby closed his eyes tight and ventured towards the bridge. With his eyes shut, he didn't see that the bridge was no longer there. Closer and closer, he chuffed, right up to the edge of the ravine. Toby! Stop! Oh! Oh! Oh my! Toby's eyes snapped open. He stopped just before the drop. Harold the helicopter was hovering before him. That was close! You might want to look where you're going next time. Thanks, Harold. Harold called back to Sir Topham Hatt and Thomas, who were standing on the other side of the ravine. The bridge is out, but thankfully all personnel appear safe and calm. Over. Yes, thank you, Harold. This looks like a job for Rocky. I I need you to find Emily and ask her to bring him here. Roger that. Over and out. Sir Topham Hatt called out across the ravine to Toby. Don't worry, Toby. 
We'll have you back in no time. Thank you, sir. We won't be going anywhere. Deary me, Thomas. That bridge is going to take weeks to repair. We need a miracle of engineering and fast. That's it, sir. If anyone can solve this problem, Ruth can. Ruth, the inventor, of course. We need to tell her about this immediately. <laughs> Already on my way, sir. Ruth had just finished working on a new invention, a whistle clock, which looked like a typical clock. But as the big hand struck 12, two tiny engine whistles popped out and made a wondrous sound. Behold, the amazing, astounding, rootin' tootin' whistle clock. Just then, Thomas raced in peeping his whistle. Quick, Ruth, we've got no time to lose. There's an emergency at Lower Arlesborough and we need your help. Then what are we waiting for? Back at the ravine, Sir Topham Hatt watched as Rocky the Crane lifted out the last piece of the broken bridge. Thank you, Rocky. You can take that lot to the scrapyard now, Emily. Yes, sir. As Emily and Rocky were leaving, Thomas arrived with Ruth. Hello, everyone! Ruth looked down into the ravine. So, what do you think, Ruth? Can you build us a new bridge? It's more a question of what type of bridge to build. There's a beam bridge, a pier bridge, or a suspension bridge. But those will take too long. Ruth took another look across the ravine towards Toby. What you need is something innovative. Ooh! What about a flying bridge? Or a magnetic bridge? Or a rocket-powered... No, not now, Thomas. We mustn't get too carried away. Ruth needs time to think. But Ruth's amazing, sir. Inventing is like a walk in the park for her. Ruth smiled. Thomas's words had sparked an idea. That's it! Thomas, you're a genius! I am? He is? Quick, Thomas! To the workshop! Ruth leapt into Thomas's cab and they raced away to her workshop. At the workshop, Thomas waited patiently as Ruth set to work. She scribbled out designs with a pencil and made measurements with special rulers. Then, wearing special safety goggles and gloves, she cut steel rods to size and welded metal beams together. The blue light flickered from the welding torch as Thomas watched with interest. By late afternoon, Ruth was loading pieces of metal and long steel poles onto Thomas's flatbed. Now for the fun part! Let's go and set up this bridge! Yes! Let's do this! It was evening by the time Rocky put the last piece of the bridge into place. Thanks, Rocky! It looks great! Oh, glad to be useful! Sir Topham Hatt walked to the edge of the ravine to inspect Ruth's bridge. Is that it? It sure is! There in the ravine was not a full-size bridge, 
what looked like a small platform on top of four very long metal legs. Uh, but it appears to be only a quarter finished. Exactly. Now, please ask Toby to roll forward onto the bridge. Uh, yes, uh, of course. Um, <clears throat> uh, uh, Toby, would you be so kind as to roll onto the uh, bridge? Toby could only see the top part of the platform and could see that it didn't go all the way to the other side of the ravine. The bridge, sir? Go on, Toby. What are you waiting for? Don't you want to go back to your shed? Yeah, but in one piece. So Toby rolled nervously forward onto the small platform. Okay, hold it right there, called out Ruth as Toby closed his eyes tight in fear. Perfect! Ruth pressed down a button on a big remote control unit and two clamps secured themselves to Toby's wheels. Oh! Now, the moment of truth! Carefully, Ruth moved the remote's joystick forward. Behold! The stupendous, spectacular walking bridge! Stomp, stomp went the large metal legs as the bridge walked across the ravine floor, with Toby and Henrietta still sitting up high on its platform. Soon the walking bridge had carried Toby and Henrietta all the way to the other side of the ravine. The bridge came to a stop, and once again Ruth pressed a button on the remote control. Toby's wheel clamps were released. Toby, you may now roll forward off the bridge. Welcome home, Toby and Henrietta! <laughs> Thanks to Ruth the inventor's clever engineering, Toby and Henrietta were able to get back home safely. And the island of Sodor now had its very own spectacular walking bridge. The end. The next episode is sponsored by Day Out with Thomas events. Parents, get ready for a day of adventure. Day Out with Thomas is heading to a station near you. Jump on board for a train ride with Thomas. Meet Sir Topham Hat, play games and so much more. Visit dayoutwiththomas.com for tickets. At checkout, use the code PODCAST for a special discount on US events. That's code P-O-D-C-A-S-T for a special discount. This is a story about Thomas the Tank Engine, a cheeky little blue steam engine. He is the number one engine on Sir Topham Hatt's railway and has a whistle that sounds like this. So let's begin our story. Thomas and the Three Cranes. It was a very busy day on Sir Topham Hatt's railway, and Thomas had lots of jobs to do. First, Thomas had to pick up some passengers. Next, he had to pick up some coal cars. Then Thomas raced to Brendam Docks. On his way, he saw Harold the helicopter. Those cars look heavy! 
Do you need some help, Thomas? No thanks, Harold. I can do it. Sorry, can't stop! When Thomas arrived at Brendam Docks, everyone was busy. Engines were shunting cars, and the cranes were loading them as fast as they could. What car should I take next, Cranky? Those ones on the other side of the docks, Thomas. Wait a second. I'll move that cargo out of the way. But Thomas was in too much of a rush. He didn't wait for Cranky to move the cargo, and he bumped into the cars. Look out! The coal from the coal cars and the timber that Cranky was unloading scattered all over the docks. One of the cars even bent Carly's hook. Thomas! Thomas! But Thomas didn't hear Cranky calling. He was in too much of a rush. He raced away from the docks with no idea about the mess he had left behind. That night at Tidmouth Sheds, Thomas was feeling very pleased with himself. I've been a really useful engine today. But Gordon, Rebecca and Percy had heard a different story. We heard you made a terrible mess and Cranky was really upset with you. And you bent Carly's hook. And you didn't even say sorry. Oh no, I didn't know I'd done that. And I can't believe I didn't say sorry. Later that night, all the other engines were asleep. But Thomas was wide awake and thinking about the accident he had caused at the docks. I really wish I'd said sorry. Then, as Thomas was drifting off to sleep, he heard a voice. Thomas! Thomas! Thomas was very sleepy. Who could be calling him in the middle of the night? Thomas crept outside to see who it was. Hello! Is anyone there? Thomas looked around. He couldn't see anyone. Then the voice boomed out again. Thomas! Thomas looked up. And there, high above Tidmouth Sheds, amongst the clouds, loomed three cranes. Carly, Cassia, and in between them was Cranky. We need to talk to you, Thomas. Come up here. Thomas could see a steep railway track leading up into the clouds. Thomas was very nervous, but he puffed up, up, up the winding track until at last he reached the three cranes. Do you know what you did at the docks today, Thomas? Cranky asked. You caused a big accident, said Cassia. And you bent my hook, said Carly. I didn't realize it had happened. I'm really sorry. I'll do anything to make it right. The three cranes turned to each other and began to talk quietly amongst themselves. Thomas waited until at last the three cranes turned and looked down at him. Then Cranky spoke. Thomas, it has been decided that you shall go on a quest and bring us back the Golden Hook. The Golden Hook? But where will I find the Golden Hook? You will find it deep in the dark forest. Huh? 
The dark forest? But it's the middle of the night. I won't be able to see anything. That's why you need to go to the Misty Hills. There, in an old tunnel, you will find the magic lamp. But where are the Misty Hills? Let me lift you up and point you in the right direction. So Cranky lowered his hook, then lifted Thomas across the rails and put him on the right track to go to the Misty Hills. Thanks, Cranky! Thomas raced back down the steep track and into the night. Thomas searched the Misty Hills high and low, and at last he came across the old tunnel. As he got closer, he could see a light shining from inside. Hello? Is anyone there? Thomas felt a gust of wind coming from the tunnel. And then he heard a voice. I am Proteus. It was Proteus, an old mountain engine. Legend had it that Proteus had a magical lamp. Proteus, I've heard tales about you. <gasps> Wait, your magic lamp. That's what I'm looking for. I need it to help me find the golden hook. Then let this lamp guide your way. Then, as if by magic, the lamp appeared on Thomas's funnel. Wow, thanks Proteus. And so with the magical lamp lighting his way, Thomas headed off. Soon Thomas was inside the dark forest. The light from the lamp made lots of shadows in the twisted trees, but Thomas couldn't find the golden hook anywhere. Then Thomas heard an owl hooting. Oh, hello, Mr. Owl. I don't suppose you know where the golden hook is, do you? Wait, did you just say hook? Are you going to show me where the hook is? Hook, hook. The owl took flight and Thomas followed deeper and deeper into the dark forest until at last, Thomas and the owl came to a clearing. There in front of them, shining in the moonlight was the golden hook. It was sitting on a car, ready and waiting for Thomas to collect. Thomas coupled up to the car and raced to Tidmouth Sheds as fast as he could go. Soon Thomas reached the tall tracks that led to the cranes. The tracks were very steep and the golden hook was very heavy. Thomas pulled as hard as he could, but he was going slower and slower. Must pull harder. Thomas was about to give up when he heard Harold the helicopter flying overhead. That looks very heavy, Thomas. Need some help? Oh, yes, please, Harold. The hook was very heavy, but the two friends worked together and at last they got to the top of the hill. Thanks, Harold! No problem, Thomas. So long! Thomas arrived in front of Cranky, Cassia and Carly. Oh, Thomas! 
I see you've brought us the golden hook. I have, and I'm sorry that I bent Carly's hook. I shouldn't have been rushing. And most of all, I'm sorry that I didn't say sorry. The three cranes agreed that Thomas was a really useful engine. Thomas was very happy. He had made everything better. As Thomas smiled a happy smile, the light from the magical lamp faded and Thomas was left in darkness. Thomas opened his eyes. It was the morning and he was back in his shed. What a strange dream I had. Thomas rolled slowly outside. Or was it a dream? He glanced up above the roof of Tidmouth Sheds. There was no sign of Cranky, Cassia or Carly anywhere. Just sky. I'd better go to the docks and say sorry. But when Thomas got there, the cranes were very cheerful. Hello, Thomas. They're not upset with me anymore. We're glad you're here, Thomas. We need you to take a delivery to the animal park right away. But Thomas was so excited that he went a bit too fast and bumped into some cars. But this time, Thomas remembered to say sorry. <laughs> sorry. As Thomas pulled away, the morning sun was rising into the sky. It sparkled on the sea and across the docks. Carly's hook gleamed in the sunlight as if it were made of gold. Maybe it hadn't been a dream after all. The end. The next episode is brought to you by Random House Children's Books. Parents, the latest stories about Thomas and his friends are available wherever children's books are sold. New titles include Thomas and the Promise Problem and Thomas and the Rocket. Each title sold separately and subject to availability. Thomas and the Beanstalk It was the end of a very busy day on the island of Sodor. As the engine settled down for the night, Thomas the Tank Engine told his friends James and Percy his favourite bedtime story, Jack and the Beanstalk. Percy said he liked the part about the magic beans. James wondered if giants liked steam engines. The next morning, Thomas went to Farmer McCall's to collect some heavy sacks. Thomas wondered what was inside. What's in the sacks? Beans, replied Farmer McCall. Beans? <laughs> Just like in my bedtime story. And with that, Thomas peeped his whistle and set off to deliver the sacks of beans. Suddenly, a big mean engine called Diesel 10 appeared around a bend, shouting at Thomas as he sped past. Get out of my way, little toy tank engine! Thomas couldn't move fast enough. Crash! Diesel 10 bashed into him and raced off. Poor little Thomas was forced off the tracks and tipped over onto his side, spilling the beans out of his cars. Thomas opened his eyes, dazed and confused. To his surprise, 
he was back on the rails. He noticed some of the beans were scattered in the grass next to the tracks. Pop! A tiny green leaf shot straight out of the ground. The tiny leaf began to grow into a big plant. Then it got bigger and bigger and bigger until it became a giant towering beanstalk, stretching all the way up into the sky. The giant beanstalk looked like the one in his story, all leafy and green, and bigger than any tree Thomas had ever seen. But this beanstalk had railway tracks circling all the way up to the top. Thomas was a little scared, but he was also very curious. So he decided to be brave and ride up the tracks to see what was at the top of the beanstalk. Thomas chuffed and puffed, around and around, higher and higher, right up through the clouds. Finally, Thomas reached the top. He could hardly believe his eyes. There, up above the clouds, Thomas had discovered a giant magical world. He was surrounded by gigantic trees, enormous colorful flowers, and in front of him was a huge towering castle. Bust my buffers! Everything is so big! Thomas chuffed slowly along the tracks and into the castle courtyard. Then Thomas heard the sound of a steam whistle. It was the most beautiful whistle Thomas had ever heard. He looked around but couldn't see where it was coming from. Boom! At that moment, the ground beneath him began to shake. Boom! Boom! It continued. Suddenly, a gigantic foot landed in front of him. Boom! Thomas looked up and saw a man towering over the entire courtyard. He was a giant, just like the giant from Thomas's bedtime story. In the giant's enormous hand was a gleaming gold steam engine. The giant put the gold engine down on the railway track. To Thomas's surprise, the giant started to push the gold engine back and forth on the track. All the while, he made peeps and whistle sounds in his booming voice. The giant was playing with the little engine as if she were a toy. Then, a loud horn blasted nearby. Thomas looked up and saw that mean engine Diesel 10 approaching. Only this time, he was enormous! Big enough for the giant to ride in! The giant left the little gold engine on the track and walked over to the huge diesel. Thomas saw his chance. He hurried over to speak to the gold engine. What is this place? The gold engine looked unhappy. It's the giant's castle. I don't like it here. I want to go home. She told Thomas that she had been taken away from her home, where she was a very special engine. I run on golden coal. But here, I'm just the giant's favorite toy. Thomas wanted to help the gold engine. I don't know how to get to your home from here, but I can take you back to mine. You would be safe and happy there. 
Thomas told her about the island of Sodor, where everything was the right size for them. But how do we get to Sodor? I climbed up a giant beanstalk to get here. It's this way. But Thomas began to slow down, then finally puffed to a halt. Thomas had used up all his coal climbing the beanstalk. The gold engine knew how she could help. Take some of my golden coal! Quickly, I think I have just enough to get us both out of here. With the special gold coal in his hopper, Thomas felt magical. His pistons puffed faster than ever before as he raced out of the castle with the golden engine following close behind. At that moment, the giant made a loud sniffing noise. I smell steam. His thunderous voice boomed across the courtyard. See, fi, fo, fum, I see two engines on the run. If they're toys or if they're real, I'll now have two engines to steal. The giant chased after Thomas and the gold engine. Thomas sped up, heading towards the top of the beanstalk. Thomas and the gold engine barreled down, down, down the tracks, spinning around and around the beanstalk until they reached the bottom. Thomas was relieved. We made it! We're in Sodor! But when the two engines looked up, they were shocked to see that the giant was coming down the beanstalk after them. Oh no! Sodor is full of engines! The giant will take them all for his toys! Thomas did the only thing he could think of. He backed up and raced forward, bashing into the beanstalk with all his might. He saw his friends James and Percy in the distance and called for them to help. Now all four engines slammed into the beanstalk. The beanstalk creaked and groaned. It was about to fall. Thomas closed his eyes, bracing for the crash. Thomas! Thomas! Thomas opened his eyes to find two rescue engines pulling him upright, putting his six little wheels back on the track. Thomas looked around, confused. Percy and James were still there, but the little gold engine was gone. Thomas looked around. Where's the beanstalk? Beanstalk? Percy asked. What beanstalk? Thomas told his friends about everything that had happened. About the beanstalk, the magical world above the clouds, the giant and the special gold engine. It seems so real, but it must have been a dream. Then Percy saw something that made him gasp. Thomas, look! Thomas's driver was holding up a single piece of gold-colored coal. Thomas looked amazed. He didn't know what to say, because it had all been a dream, hadn't it? The end. Listen out for other adventures with Thomas and Friends Storytime. Parents, if you like what you heard, like, review and subscribe to our channel. Tell your friends too. Thomas and Friends is a registered trademark of Ghislaine Thomas Limited.